All right, here we go. Yes, welcome to the Bad Apples Podcast. Listen, we are here, and the first thing that I know to do is to talk about coffee. So I'm having a wonderful cup of coffee from uh, none other than Arrowroot Coffee in Springfield, Illinois. Listen, these guys are amazing, and the coffee is amazing. The mission is amazing. Um, I'm more specifically having the holiday blend. It's very festive. It's got some cranberry. It's got some raisin. Uh, it's got kind of a chocolatey, maybe a little chocolate in there somewhere. It's very rich, very good cup of coffee. And they are one of few roasters using a fully electric machine. So grab yourself a cup of Arrowroot coffee. People not in Illinois, don't worry about it. Go to their website arrowrootcoffee.com order a bag try it out i'm telling you this is amazing amazing coffee they're all about the planet they're all about the coffee farmers they're all about the coffee they're great i love them one of my favorite local roasters so welcome my friends compadres amigos que pasa you know Welcome to the Bad Apples Podcast. Um, what is this podcast about? I don't even know. No, I'm kidding. Um, the Bad Apples Podcast. Simply put, we all have some issues. We all have some bad apples growing on our tree, right? And I feel like maybe it's time to acknowledge those bad apples. The first step towards true healing is acknowledging that we are not and will not ever be perfect. I've had to learn that in my life. I've had to learn that a lot this year, just this year. I've had to learn that a lot these past two years. We are a continual work in progress. We are literally being put back on the wheel daily for the potter to mold and to shape, uh, for God to take into mold and to shape. And I think a lot of the church for a long time, has done a very good job at concealing the blemishes until the blemishes become too big to conceal. Now, I want to go back. I say a lot of the church, I'm I'm talking more specifically about me, more specifically about this guy. I've done a really good job at concealing the blemishes until the blemishes become too big to conceal. So I need you to hear that from a perspective of I'm not talking down to you or down to anyone else. I'm trying to start a conversation Because I feel like a conversation needs to be had with people who are human and people who need to understand that we are not perfect and that pressure has to be taken off of us. I mean, that's that's us as humans, right? We have a self-righteous tendency. We want to take credit for our righteousness. We want to believe that we are inherently good. But truth be told, we are inherently bad. And we desperately need to become real enough with ourselves to admit our complete and utter need for grace. Listen, we cannot be holy enough. We cannot perform enough. We cannot pray good enough. We cannot pray loud enough. We cannot sing good enough, shout good enough, speak in tongues good enough, or an amount of time enough to merit any type of holiness or righteousness. It's only grace. 
And it's grace that we did not earn and we did not pay for. And I wholeheartedly believe that until we get to that place where we're able to talk about our issues and our problems and our mistakes and our failures and our shortcomings and our weaknesses, essentially our sin, we will never truly be able to move forward. We have to confess our sins to one another. We have to confess our sins to, to God. We got like, Let's talk about it. Let's be humans. Let's be humans about this. Let's be people about this. Let's understand that we are not perfect. And we cannot hide behind our righteousness because our righteousness is filthy rags. You know, and to be honest, talking about our sin has always seemed to be a problem. You know what I mean? Like I've been in circles and even, even, you know, uh, once a pastor, when I went, when I was pastoring, you know, you can talk about the easy stuff, but when you start talking about people's sin, that's a problem. And then when you talk to, start talking about your own sin, that's an even different ballgame because it shows transparency and transparency usually leaves you vulnerable. Transparency is something that leaves us feeling vulnerable and unprotected from others. And more specifically, as a man, you don't want to show your weaknesses. You want to have the poker face on all the time, especially a man in ministry, especially a man behind the pulpit. You don't want to show your cards. You don't want to, you don't want to show your poker face. You want to stay strong. And I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem just, and and even just coming from a man's perspective, because, you know, men, we got to have it all figured out. We got to be strong. We got to be real. And we can't show any type of weaknesses. We can't feel vulnerable. But I feel like that's, that's the issue. All this time we have concealed something until it's hurt us. And, you know, if we're being real, the church um, and its members have not always been very loving to those who fell and those who are open with their weaknesses and their sin. I'm not talking about any any in particular, just saying the, the church as a whole um, has always been kind of known for kicking their kicking their own while they're down. So here we are. The Bad Apples Podcast. Uh, we look at our lives. We look at our work. We look at ourselves. Are we bearing good fruit? Is our tree bearing the fruit that God would consider good fruit? Do we have some branches that are in need of some deeper work? You know, we also look at society uh, today and culture. And Christianity tends to get a very bad reputation. Not tends to, it does. I mean, let's be honest, the church gets a horrible reputation. And a lot of it comes from the judgmental kind of attitude that I was talking about earlier. It's like we kick our own. What, what would we do with the, with the ones that aren't a part of our, our church, aren't a part of the household of faith? You know, God's name is a lot of times attributed to a lot of bad things. And it seems people are allowing the bad apples to spoil the entire bunch, you know, the cliche saying. So I want to use this as a platform to first and foremost glorify God. 
And I want to open up a dialogue, hopefully between people that is safe and transparent. I, I, I need, I, I really want you to understand that I'm not coming from a place um, where I, I've, I'm feeling, like pre- I've been preachy in my life and I'm not, I don't want to come off as preachy. I want to come off of as having a conversation. And this is just me uh, on this episode, but we're going to have some guests. We're going to open up some dialogue. We're going to, we're going to have fun with this. Uh, but I want to use this platform to glorify God and to open up a dialogue uh, to where we can, where we can feel safe being transparent and saying, Hey, I don't have it all together. Like we need to be able to have uh, these conversations that dig deeper than just the surface. We need to do root work, you know. We have to do root work. And I want to shine a light on the love that we should really be showing others. No matter the race, no matter the creed, the religion, the size, the gender, we desperately have to be able to have conversations with people that are different than us and display a real and Jesus-centered love. That is what is needed. Listen, my life is a mess, so I'm not pretending that I have answers here. I, I don't have answers to any of this at all. I just, I don't. But what I do know is that God is so loving. And that's what I found so much in this year, that God is literally love. And he is so much more loving than I learned from, you know, my time in different places. From what I learned, he's just so much, when you really go through something and when you really face something, when you really need his love, it's like, oh, wow, this is the love. This is love. God is so merciful. God is so faithful. And and God is so just. And God is so sovereign. If we abide in him both individually and as a church body, we will see the better fruit. We are commanded. This is what I think is amazing. We are commanded to bear fruit. We were literally chosen for this. John 15 is packed full of references to bearing fruit. But Jesus literally says, we were chosen for this. It says in verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the father in my name, He may give it to you. Abide. That word abide is mentioned 10 times in just this chapter alone. And abide means to remain stable or fixed. The Hebrew and the Greek original context would be to dwell or to remain. And when we think about a tree and the fruit it bears... We can think about this word abide. I love trees. I mean, I just, I love trees. You know, it's just as simple as like, we, I feel like we take for granted trees. I just love to see them. They tell a story. Every single tree tells a different story. They remain. They dwell in the place that they were planted. They take time to grow and the more they grow, the stronger they are. Growing up in West Virginia, seeing trees became normal until I moved away and mostly what I saw was farmland. And you can, you know, you can see these deep places. You can go to deep places with farming too, but I want to focus on trees here. 
there were trees, so many trees growing up that I would see in the mountains and, and they were massive. And I took for granted the fact that that tree I was seeing had been there for generations. I mean, generations. It had been through storms, man, it had seen some storms, but it was still there. It remained. It remained. You have to have some strong roots. And I also remember seeing some dead trees, trees that clearly had no life left in them. I also remember dad pointing out certain trees and telling me how that tree used to be dead, but it started growing again. (laughs) And I wonder what issues it had to work out to rid itself of the dead things in order to begin to grow again. And I take all of that and I take this scripture about abiding and I think about my life. I think about our lives. I think about people hurting every single day either from circumstances out of their control or consequences caused by them. I think about the places uh, in the people, or I think about the people who are trying to hide their bad fruit, their bad apples, their root issues, because they don't know where to go with them. They don't know what to do with them. They don't know how to talk about them. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know if they'll be judged They don't think there's any help because they've been told you can't change. We see these people every single day. You work with them. You go to school with them. You go to church with them. And we don't even know it. People may have root issues for years and you not see the fruit until it's growing on their branches for everybody to see. So... How do we navigate this? I believe it all comes down to roots. Bad fruit doesn't just start growing on a branch out of nowhere. There's a root cause. There's a deeper issue. You know, I love, um, I love listening to Paul Tripp's podcast. I love his, uh, his, his, his uh, daily devotional. He's got some amazing content. And he says, what captures your mind controls your thoughts, and dominates the desires of your heart. That is so powerful but because, because before it ever becomes a heart issue, it's a root issue. It's a small thought. Before it ever takes root, it's a seed. It could be a lie. It's a moment. It's a compromise, a small compromise here that you just may not even think about. And we have so many scriptures and resources to go on to dive into this topic That's why I want to open this up and and hopefully and prayerfully it starts a conversation with people who are tired of trying to hide behind holiness and perfection and this performance-based faith. It's time that we start the conversation when we ask, how are you? Listen, I don't know how many times I've heard this question, how are you? And my response, I'm blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. I've responded that way. I've responded that way. And I, I, I don't know how many times when I'm asked, how are you? That I say, oh, I'm good. Without even batting an eye. I don't even know how many times I've, I've responded that way. But it's time that we really say, no, 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 no. How are you? How are you? Well, you know what? I'm struggling, to be honest. I know 
through this year, you know, people at, I work at a school, people uh, at work will, you know, sometimes, oh, how are you doing? And I've learned this year, you know what? I'm not okay. <laughs> like, you know, if I answer that, I'm like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm struggling. I'm stressed. I'm down. I'm, I'm hurting. I like, this is what I'm, and they, they're, they're kind of taken aback because they don't really expect. And that's, that's the, that's kind of the, where we're at, you know, we don't really expect people to be real, but it's time to start the conversation and really honestly, truly mean it. When we ask somebody, how are you? The book of James is packed with practical ways of living, but he has to understand the importance of transparency. I mean, he, he understands it. James 5 and 16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. What are we doing? What are we doing? Where in the 31,102 verses in the Bible does it say that we cannot talk about our struggles? We have to hide our sin. We have to conceal our weaknesses and mask our problems. We, we, have become, we have become too filtered. That's what I think. We've become too filtered. I hear people every day complain about wearing masks in this pandemic but guys, we've been wearing masks long before COVID-19 ever came at our door. <laughs> Transparency leaves us vulnerable, but it's a work of grace. It's a work of grace. Grace leaves us vulnerable. And vulnerability is something a lot of us don't want to ever feel. If we're honest, I mean, like I said earlier, if you're a man, you don't want to feel vulnerable, but it's such a tool of grace. And it's something that I wish for this past decade that I would have had in my arsenal. Vulnerability. Transparency. I wish I would have known the importance of it. I know for me, um, I went through counseling. Counseling was a challenge at first. I, I was very vulnerable. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how to, uh, to really respond to some of the questions. And I remember... My counselor at the time, uh, when I first started, I was very churchy with my responses. Like I said earlier, I'm blessed and highly favored, even though I was going through complete hell in my life. I mean, absolute complete hell, uh, you know, just one hell of a year. And literally, all I could think about was responding in this preachy, in this churchy way. You know, I just, I mean, just to be honest, I just went through a moral failure and people knew about it. People were finally seeing the bad fruit finally growing from the tree after years of hiding your root issue. So here I was in counseling and I thought, you know, I can handle this on my own, but here I am. I'm here. This was at first. So I just kept hiding it. And And I thought throughout this, throughout this time, and even before the moral failure, I thought that cutting off branches that the bad fruit was growing on was enough. You know, but I wasn't dealing with the root of the problem. You know, so I went through biblical counseling and it was, it, you know, it was so eye-opening. And my counselor taught me to ask myself heart questions. Oh, I sinned today. Well, I was tempted to sin today. Okay, why? Why were you tempted? What made you think about it? What lie did you hear and believe in that moment? What would you have gained? What lie did you hear that made you think that sin was better than glorifying God in that moment. What could you have done? 
And all of these questions made you take these, what you, you, know, you, what you thought was shallow, moments deeper and get to the root and the heart of the issue. And it changed my life. But there was still something that I wasn't getting to. I wasn't getting to the lie that captured my mind and controlled my thoughts and dominated the desires of my heart. What lie did I hear in my life that made me do these sinful things in my heart as a way of escape? Man, I've I've messed up so much. I destroyed my marriage. I destroyed my ministry. And here I was, lost and confused, wondering if I ever really was saved. Was I ever going to be able to get past this sin and this hurt that I had caused? Am I, am I ever really going to be able to move past this struggle and this weakness that I have inside of me? What is the root of this, God? And I just kept begging, like, God, what is the root of this? Where is this coming from? I spent years cutting off branches. And it would help for a little bit. But the issue would just pop up again. But it would be a different branch. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And it seemed like I was always reactive to my sin and not proactive to my sin. And that was my prayer. Like, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to do things because I sin. I want to do things before I sin. And after all is said and done, I was alone. I was broken. I was devastated that my sin and my struggle caused so much damage. Not in my life, but other people's lives. And I thought there was no way that I could ever come back from this. Until one day, I heard a sermon about your mind. Pastor Joe Dobbins, Twin Rivers Church. I started going to a church on Saturday nights here in Springfield so I could sleep in on Sunday mornings. But really, I'd get up on Sunday mornings and I'd come in here and I'd just pick a sermon. And something led me to Twin Rivers. Pastor Joe, he's from West Virginia. Um, So, I, you know, I I have that acquaintance. But um, I listened to a sermon about your mind. The sermon title was Mastermind, and it took a, a dive deep into the science of our brains and also what scripture talks about when it comes to thought. I was dealing with a stronghold and I didn't know it. And I spent so much time downplaying it, trying to explain it away, trying to minimize it, because after all, I was a pastor. I was a minister. Praise God. But I was dealing with a stronghold. And in that sermon, the pastor said, strongholds are built when one, lies are planted. Two, repeatedly considered. Three, filtered for reality and influenced behavior. Strongholds are built when lies are planted. Repeatedly considered. Filtered for reality. And they influence our behavior. Sorry, I think I had a technical issue, but we're good. That's literally what I was dealing with. A lie was planted somewhere. That lie was repeatedly considered. It became my filter for reality. Everything that I saw and experienced was filtered through that lie, and it influenced my behavior. The lie captured my mind, it controlled my thoughts, and it dominated the desires of my heart. That sermon changed the way I thought. It changed my life. I will never forget 
feeling like this pastor in St. Louis, Missouri was in the room with me, counseling me, walking with me and knowing every aspect of my life and struggles. And he was talking directly at me. And he said something that stuck with me because it connected. And here I was, I was lost. I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to come back from the crazy hell of a year that I had. And he said something that stuck with me. He says, you can't defeat what you can't define. That was literally for me. I was begging. I was begging God to help me find the root of this issue so I could change. I was begging God, like, Lord, what am I, what am I going to do? I was begging God to help me and show me the lie that I had believed. I was praying these things the very morning I listened to this sermon. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to define what I uh, know needed defeated, but I knew that I had a weapon and it was the word. So I started interrogating my behavior and these desires. I started interrogating myself. I started asking the root questions again. I started trying to pinpoint why I had this desire. And you know what? I asked myself enough questions until I found the lie. And when I found the lie, I walked the word of God all the way back to the very moment in 2009 when I first believed the lie. That's how specific, that's how many specific questions I asked. I took it all the way back to the year that I knew uh, that this lie affected my life. And I applied the word to that lie. And I can't say it changed me immediately. But I kept doing it. I kept doing it every day. I kept taking Jesus right back to the inception of that lie. I started literally taking thoughts captive. I never knew what that really meant, but that's when you stop them at your door. And instead of letting every thought in, you filter your thoughts with the word of God. You hear many different things in your mind. You know, you hear a lot of different things in your mind. Let's be honest. You're not good enough. That's what I heard. And I believed it for 12 years. And I never knew who to talk to about it because I really couldn't define it because I really didn't know what it was. That root produced bad apples on many different branches and I would cut off the branches, but I never knew what the root issue was. I couldn't define it and therefore I couldn't defeat it. See, to be real, I thought all of this was just coming out in sexual sin pornography, uh, you know, different things that I would deal with. That's what I thought it was coming out as. That's what I thought this big problem was. That's what I thought this root issue was. But then when I uncovered the lie that I wasn't good enough, it literally opened up every window and said, this is, this is why you've been dealing with this. And not only does it deal with that big sin, but it also illuminates the smaller sins, the smaller roots that have come from that. So you can keep cutting off branches, but until you deal with the root, the bad fruit will always find another branch to grow from. And listen, that, that's, that's just a small portion of my story. And there are so many places that we can go with this. And, you know, it, it's a heavy topic. It's heavy. But I want to begin with hope. And I know, you know, we're going to talk about a lot about problems and issues and what seemed like negative topics, but I need you to know that there was always hope for new life. And Jesus secured 
that new life for us. Grace is attainable because Jesus made it available. Please don't spend your life trying to measure up to man's standard of holiness. And if you don't feel safe to share your heart and struggles with people around you, then maybe find someone who you can be transparent with because it's important. And if it's just your fear of failure, your, your fear of vulnerability, your fear of others' opinions, I pray courage for you. That's my prayer for you. Because I need a courage. I need a courage in my life and I didn't have it. Don't try to conceal the blemishes because you're too afraid of what people may think. Don't let a bad apple spoil the whole basket. Don't let a root issue, a heart issue, destroy your tree. Abide in Him. And when you abide in Him, the branches will bear the better fruit. This is the Bad Apples Podcast. And please know that God is good and you are loved.